Heroes are an inspiring group of people, every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world, others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and today I have the pleasure of having on the line Tamara Thompson. Tamara, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm here. So I know we didn't get too much time to chat before we hopped on today. So where are you calling in from? Arizona. So Arizona. Queen Creek. Yeah. Are you getting the winter that the rest of us are getting? We're in Florida right now. And for whatever reason, the last two days, it decided to get really cold. <laughs> I'm grateful that it's not doing that. But a month ago, we were getting monsoons and other crazy weather. So today it's starting to rain, which doesn't happen too often. But I'm grateful that the weather isn't horrible in the winter is here. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. We've traveled all over the country. We've been to Arizona a few times. Really, one of my favorite places in Arizona is Verde Valley. Have you been there? Sounds familiar. I've probably driven through it. So, but <laughs> what part is it near? It is in between Flagstaff and the city that's south of Flagstaff. I can't remember what that city is, but it's like on Sedona? the road to Sedona. Yeah, between Flagstaff and Sedona. Most likely, yes. Yeah, so I've, we've driven in between there quite often, and it's two of our favorite spots. It's beautiful up there. Sedona is the one place we go like at least a few times a year. It's a couple hours from us, but it's beautiful. Awesome. Well, yeah, I love Arizona. Arizona is one of the prettiest states in our country. So, you know, and I'm not sure what it is. People think the desert is not pretty. And I'm like, the desert is gorgeous. If you get a It grows on you. The red rock, the sunsets are amazing. Yes, there's a lot of cacti that's very dry, but when you look at the rolling hills and things like that with the mountains and the sunsets, yeah, the mountains and the saguaros and the little tiny owls, which make me happy. I can't believe you just said owls. That's like our favorite thing. <laughs> elf owls, the ones that I think they're elf, or maybe they're the burrowing owls. Burrowing, burrowing owls. So we actually were driving a couple of weeks ago looking at some different developments because I do real estate investing and there literally was a burrow owl on the side of the street. We're like, just sitting on the ground in the middle of the day. We're like, why is there an owl in the middle of the day? And then we had to look it up and we found that. It was cute. It was like tiny, but it was super cute. So they're, they're little owl. Like this big. And my son yeah. wants to grow up and be a falconer. And they're one of the birds that you can raise. And I'm like, I either want one of the burrowing owls or one of them. I can't remember the name of the falcon. I'm Merlin Falcon, I think. But they're little tiny falcons. And I'm like, I want him to get one of those. And I want to name it Killer. Because they're yeah, like this. Also, it'd be like this like, cute, cute little falcon called Killer. Like, <laughs> what a name. <laughs> What does he kill? He kills cockroaches and lizards. That's what he, but he's a killer. <laughs> that's why it's a killer. Yeah. Killer. So anyways, that's my side nerdiness there for you. So what I want to do before we get too far into this is just go through a brief introduction of who you are. So you are the founder of Broadcast Your Authority, which is a team managed data driven content agency specializing in marketing and creating content repurposed from weekly podcasts to help sustainable companies, influencers and experts to position themselves as respected industry leaders. What's super cool about 
about that is we're actually in a very similar business. So my company is called Push Button Podcast. We actually do the same thing. We run weekly podcasts for our clients and help them create short form content out of it. So we'll have lots of fun things to talk about today. Yeah. So what I want to start off with is what is it that you're known for, right? What's your business like? Who do you serve? What do you do for them? It's a lot of questions in one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of said what we do, you know, and we work with a lot of influential people, leaders, even billion dollar companies to help data driven side of it. So we always help the clients on the side of the topics first. So it's important to optimize your podcast. So we do that with YouTube optimization first and then repurpose it into all the micro content, of course, there. But it really is just helping the clients get out there and be visible and be omnipresent and get that consistency factor that a lot of people are missing out on, but also do it in the right way where it's actually keyword optimized and creating content that people are actually searching for on YouTube and Google. Cause a lot of people just create content just to create content because they're interested in it or it's a hobby or something like that. But we work with people that have sustainable, successful companies that are looking to leverage that consistency factor with the data-driven content. So yeah, it's very, very focused and we love what we do. We work with a lot of cool people and it's not just people or entrepreneurs. We're more focused on company agency owners. A lot of our companies that we work with have hundreds of employees at this point. So, but we do work with entrepreneurs that have smaller teams as well. So, but it's really just about getting their story, their message, their podcast out there, their content out there. And sometimes people don't even realize that they can use repurpose content to actually you know, put stuff out there to start a podcast because they're like, I have all this stuff, you know, all this expertise, all this knowledge. And why not repurpose content if you're so busy that you don't feel like you could start a podcast, like leverage stuff that you already have. And that's what we do with helping people. So it's a lot of fun. So hearing you say that, we actually do the opposite. We help people start a podcast so that they just show up and record the podcast. And we use the podcast as leverage to repurpose into everything else. But yeah, we talk about it. I think some of the language we use is to create strategic influence in their space and you know to show up consistently over time. And I've actually, I've had clients now that it surprises me how valuable showing up consistently is all by itself, whether or not it drives views. Well, it's the credibility, the consistency factor, the omnipresence, visibility, because also with the micro content these days, people can find you based on the micro content, shorts are taking off, reels, TikTok videos. We have clients getting thousands of views, thousands of subscribers. Like we had one podcast, he was like, I only have 200 subscribers on TikTok and we built him to 40,000 followers on TikTok in a matter of 60 days. And then he generated 133,000 in sales right after that because of TikTok, because he has a very firm offer in place. But it's cool to be able to see that people can find you via, you know, your podcast and your micro content on different platforms. But when you see a video take off or a topic take off, double down and create more micro content from that specific episode, because people have basically spoken and said, Oh, like, I know what I like, <laughs> you know, so spoken. <laughs> you know, so double down on the stuff that's working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what I want to get into first then is your origin story, right? Every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. And I want to hear that story from you. Were you born a hero or were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into a micro content repurposing? Or did you start in a job and eventually, you know, move to become an entrepreneur? Basically, where did you come from? Yeah. So video has always yeah. been with me. And I started with my, I was seven years old. My dad bought a camcorder, the really big ones that were probably bigger oh, than me at the time. Huge. Tape. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember those. 
And so video's always been with me and I got really interested in it. And then this thing called YouTube came out and I started creating silly videos, content videos. And I was becoming that like, I want to do stuff that my other friends were doing. They were doing like parkour and, you know, these weird videos. And I thought, well, this isn't quite me. So I went back to film school and then I had, I was educated by basically a hero of mine that introduced me to another hero of mine, Lynn Shelton. She's a famous female director now in the film industry. And they were instructors at the art institute where I went. And it started to go into this path of where we are now. So what I actually did in my journey actually leads into one of the companies that I own today. And so what was cool about it is I was in my late 20s when I went back to film school, 30, 32 when I graduated. So I didn't feel like I fit in with everybody else. A lot of people that I met there were like 18, 19 years old. They want to do 48 hour film festivals. I'm like, I'm 30 years old. I don't want to stay up that late. <laughs> you know, there's all these things in my life. I had a different focus at that point. <laughs> yeah. But what evolved from it was the fact that these mentors of mine encouraged me to create full length documentary films and then create micro content from it to launch on YouTube. And then it got views and went viral on some of the films. And then I got picked up and acquired by IndieFlix for some of my films. And then I all of a sudden started speaking at events and like film festivals and stuff like that. And then doing trainings and video marketing and talking to college students first and then entrepreneurs. And it just kind of spiraled into this format. So it was long form content, which now is podcasts you know, but originally it was documentaries. So telling those stories and creating the micro content for YouTube that went viral, one of our content pieces went viral. It had 888,000 views in a matter of 10 days. And then it was like, boom, a lot of things started happening after that. And I said, Hey, I'm like, how did this work? What is this YouTube beast? Like, how can I help other people do this as well? Not just building this brand or these films or these, you know, experiences. And so we shifted later on in life. I owned a production company and then shifted from there and turned into a content marketing agency with a focus of weekly content long form, which are podcasts, and breaking them into micro content, the ability to go viral, right? And so it really started there, but video has always been with me. And like since I was a kid, I loved it. I loved YouTube, loved everything. And so our focus has really been to help people build their YouTube channels and then blasted out for the podcasting pieces of it, but be very strategic with it and focused, you know? So if I have a client that has a, you know, a video that's how to build a business or how to sell a business or how to buy a business, you know, that content that I know that's in the back end of YouTube taking off. And then we look on TikTok and we say, Hey, the micro content of how to buy a business is taking off, double down and create more content for that, for the YouTube playlist, how to buy a business with those keywords. So be very intentional with all the content that's going out for that podcast. So it's really just an incredible thought and idea that I didn't even realize it till I had started the content marketing agency like years back that it all was in alignment. Like I just, it didn't even click. I was like, oh, I was like, I literally was doing that with documentaries that were taking off, going into micro content, going viral, selling products that went with it. You'll have things acquire companies. I acquire companies as well at this point in my life. And so it was like, wow, all these things that were going on is what we're doing now, you know, and it just evolved in a different way, different format, different medium, you know, working with different people. And so, but the more people that we can help doing that, 
Like it just jones me up, you know, I just like, this is so much fun. Like, I love this. And now I have a team of 31 that manages the agency side. So at this point, I love just investing in things, helping people grow, and then doing the strategic advice on this point. So yeah, I'm at a great place in my life where I can do that. It took a lot of work to get there and just very grateful for the experience at this point. So I'm excited to see what the next 40 years are like. (laughs) Well, because I feel like I'm on a very similar path, right? My dad had that big camcorder, but I actually didn't get into the video. The thing I got into was photography and I picked up a camera when I was 11 years old and I paid my way through college with a camera and became a professional photographer for a number of years and really got into the things that I got really into was photography and storytelling. And when you put those two together, you get video, which is fun. (laughs) And that's how I got into, you know, the same sort of world and really ended up in the podcasting space because it was about storytelling and being able to help my clients learn how to tell stories and how tell their story in particular and how storytelling leads to growth and how it can lead to influence and how consistently showing up in front of your market can really impact what you're doing. So it's one of those things like we I love hearing other people who are in the same or similar business because it's, you know how when you're doing something, you're not always like, is there actually a market here? Is it big enough for us to support? So when you're hearing you, my goal is we're at nine staff right now for our agency and five of them are full time. My goal this year is to get to 30 full time people. So, you know, I'm not sure if we'll get there in a year. Maybe it'll take us two or three, but I'm like, to hear that you've already done it means that like there's so much happening. We'll be able to do the same kind of thing. So it's cool to hear that. You'll totally be able to do it. Yeah. Like when you're able to let go of things as a leader, you know, and delegate more often then it allows you to do other things that you focus on. If it's being the leader and overseeing things, or if it's sales or whatever it looks like, or if it's you speaking at events or getting on other podcasts, doing the podcast, that's my, I love those. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's helped leverage our company, but also building those strong relationships with power partners, you know? So I have a summit coming up in May. It's basically the video short summit. I'm partnering with one of our clients and between the two of us, we have a list of 45,000 emails, right? And then we're bringing in a dozen influencers as well that are in the short space. So to be able to build those relationships with people to help market to their networks as well, you know, our goal is to generate at least another 10,000 followers on the email side of things. So when you're able to market things correctly and have the right thing set up when you do speak at events, like setting up like an SMS text system so that people can go right into your funnel if you use something like Infusionsoft, which is now Keep, you know, whatever that looks like for your consistent marketing so they can actually capture leads and build that business and things like that, like delegate out those things because you as a leader don't need to do any of it. Like it's, you lead the team because there's people that are fully capable of doing that. And I know you know that, but that will get you to that 30 team a lot faster than you know nine or 10. And so it's crazy, but events definitely help and building those strong relationships and keeping that consistent action, not just for your podcast, but what is the call to actions after that, you know, and leading them through that, that experience with you. So it's cool to like, listen to other people's stories. And I've been in the trenches, I've done things. As soon as I started letting go of things, I was like, Oh, gosh, that person could do that so much better than me. I was like, I don't want to do that. Anyways, like, I don't want to do any of it. (laughs) Like, it's not my passion anymore, right? My passion is to speak to people, educate people, strategize with people, and share that message. So I can actually go out and spend time with my family and travel and take, you know, five, six weeks off in a row and not worry about anything. You know, it's, you can go travel the world and, you know, and we're planning this trip to Egypt next year. That's basically a 25 day trip 
that we're going to be off the grid. So I have to be able to trust my team to do everything and handle any emergency that arises. So it's just one of those things, like once you figure it out, it, it, you know. I think this the wrong way, Tamara, but I think I may love you. (laughs) I love you too, Richard. My my wife and I have been traveling full time for six and a half years. And so we've been on the road for this whole time. We're actually in the process now. We're stationary in Florida because we're working on transitioning from an RV to a yacht. Um, around the world with our kids since we started traveling we have 8x the revenue in our business and more than that for the number of team members we have and i've been like the way i've been focusing on it is like what are the things like the largest buckets of time that i have for our deliverables and for our onboarding and then like our periodic stuff and i've been slowly building the systems and getting the people in place to do those things and the more and more i do it like this Mm -hmm. i had an interesting experience last week one of my largest non-clients I had that has just been with me for years before I ever started this business finally ended, like the relationship ended and all that time became available. And I was like, I didn't actually know what to do with myself because push button podcasts, which is became my only thing. And being my only thing meant that everything was being handled by all of my team. And I was like, I don't have things to do. And I was like, I'm going to have to go and start selling more. And we've onboarded five clients since then, which is great. But like you go back into selling more, which is exactly what we did. So anyways, my whole point there is I love seeing and hearing where you're at and where you're going because you're like, you know, the female version of me who's a few years further down the road. I got longer <laughs> hair. Yes. You have longer <laughs> hair, probably a nicer when, smile. When's your, when's your birthday? When's your birthday? December, December 8th, 1985. You a Sagittarius? I don't know. I don't know what my... Oh, uh, you're a Sagittarius. We totally click. Yes. I'm a Virgo. I know. My partner is a Sagittarius, so I know. December 14th, which is just a few days after you. So I was like, that's why I like your energy. Yeah, I love astrology and things like that. People are like, oh, I don't believe in that. I'm like, well, just read into it. You'll see. <laughs> it's interesting to see. But yeah, like when you like, as I was a micromanager like years back and, you know, I was a perfectionist and I literally like when I let like some of those things go, I was like, wow, like this is interesting. Now I'm just like, let the team do it. Let the team do it. Let so-and-so do it. Let, you know, you have your specific onboarding person. You have the person that goes and then you have your producers and you have your graphic designers and you have your video yes. editors and you have your copywriters and yet like you have everything segmented so that everybody's focused on their own roles and everybody knows how to use the task management system that you're operating. Yeah. System, and you're so much better at it. So much so. better at it than me. I was like, we've helped set up the systems and whatnot. And I remember it was three years ago now when I hired my first full-time staff member. And he'll probably listen to this episode. He's one of the coolest guys I know. And I remember- well, you're, you're empowering them to be their yeah. own hero, right? Like Absolutely. you hire people that can be a leader themselves in their own field, their own department. And so when you look at your team as other leaders- That's what a strong leader can do because you see people that like, I hate the word boss because I refer it to like being bossy, right? So so it would be like, oh, Tamara's bossy, which I'm not, but I could go back and look at something and micromanage it. Or I can say like, hey, can you go, you know, look into that? Like, I think that might be off or something, or can you communicate with this? Like, I just tell them, you know, I don't have to go jump in and like fix something. I'll be the fixer, right? Like allow them and empower them to lead their own roles. And it's so cool to watch because when people come back and you're like, you check in on them and they like tell you like these things that they're doing and you're like, damn, my brain's like this because they're managing all of this. And I was like, this is really cool. You know? So this producer is managing seven clients. This producer is managing 10. This producer is managing, you know, eight, you know? So it's like, it's cool to like watch that and understand and trust 
that these people are stepping up as leaders to and allow that have team culture, you know, so our company is purely remote and I'm sure yours is too. So being able to build a remote company is something that it's not for everybody because a lot of those people do like to build teams. And when you get to a certain amount of team and staff, you have to use the right resources to be able to track time and efficiency, productivity, even do disk tests and personality tests. I even find out what their love language is. Like I literally have specific things when I do interview process. I will not get someone to the fourth or fifth step of an interview if they don't do all the check marks. And that's how I am able to find rock stars for my team because I have specific things I look for. I basically tell them what I'm looking for, what they need to do, what they need to fill out for skills tests and everything like that to figure out their personality types as well so they can actually mesh with our team too. Because when you understand even simple thing as their love language, like let's say, so mine's I know is acts of service and words of affirmation. So when a client is says, we really appreciate you and they actually acknowledge the great work, I'm like, oh, I'll get butterflies in my tummy. You know? <laughs> like this is cool. Like you know, it might not be like something like a friend come up, up saying like, I appreciate you, Tamara. I might be like, Okay, cool. I appreciate you too. But when somebody like appreciates something that we've put a lot into, like that's one of my love language. And then acts of service. I love it when people do stuff for me. I mean, yes, even when the maids and cleaners come in, I'm like, I appreciate them because they're cleaning the house, you know, like stuff like that. I was like, please, yes, please do my laundry. It's not that I don't, don't do that, but it's the thought of when you have somebody to delegate to that it can do it a lot better and faster than you. Like, why not hire out because you can focus on building more relationships, which leads to more sales and then more team. And so when I figured that system out, I was like, Oh, this is golden. I'm like, now apply it to life, <laughs> right? Like everything is outsourced to life, you know, meals, you know, everything. Except the things you want to keep, right. Except the things you want to keep that you're really good at. Like in my case, I actually really like cooking. My wife and I like cooking. It's one of our favorite things. But yeah, everything else we're working like the on. Opposite. Our household's like meals structure go. I just to, you know, my wife and I spent $500 on Christmas this year just on plates. So we could have sets of cool plates because we've gotten good enough at cooking that our next sort of level was to start working on plating and doing plating stuff. And That's so. Cool. We're food nerds, so that's not something that's probably ever going to get given away, except maybe my wife and I have been considering hiring a private chef to come in and teach us more things. That's something you love and enjoy. Like, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, I don't like to cook, you know, so like, that's a pure example of something you love, right? So like, we enjoy taking our dogs to the Arboretum. So, you know, we'll go out to the Arboretum, we'll do different things there. So we like to have our dogs with us quite often. So we're going out to the Arboretum. Like we even went yesterday and like before I did anything in the business, I went and did all this stuff. And then it's like 2 p.m. before I even check my email. So I'm like, okay, I walked, we went for a hike, walked the dogs, took them to the Arboretum. We take them to get puppuccinos at Starbucks. Like it's basically like whipped cream in a cup, but they get so excited. And so it's like going through that process and just trusting that I don't have to open my email. Like thing in life can wait, no matter if you're putting out fires or something is urgent anything and everything can wait in your life. Like you should always put yourself first. You know, you should always like, yes, the clients are in importance and, but we built report and we're very communicative with our clients. So they know we're going to get back to them the same day, like no matter what's going on. And you train the team to be like that too. But it's so cool to just be like, I'm going to get up today and just go hike. And I don't, I'm not going to look at anything, you know? (laughs) I did yesterday. I got four kids. We took them out to the park yesterday and I didn't get to work till two or three 
p.m. yesterday. Yeah, I tell all of my clients before we get started, I was like, my company is, I call it family first entrepreneurship, that myself and my staff, I expect every one of my people in my company to be family first, which means their first priority is their family. And then inside of our company, we have three priorities, profit first, team second, clients third, which means our clients, I'm like, if you're not okay with being number four on our priority list, then we're not going to be a good fit. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to serve you at the highest and best. It's always going to be family first, profit team client. Like that's the order of operations for us. And so we live our lives that way. And I've had a several of our clients come back like, man, I've shifted my business to have that same kind of priority structure because I appreciate it and I want that in my life. And us doing it has given them permission to do it in their business as well. And it's such a potent thing. And when you build the systems and you put to use your language, you hire leaders who are capable of doing things and thinking and you empower them with your systems and with the stuff that you're doing. You can show up and just knock it out of the park for your clients and still, you know, take your kids to the park in the morning or, you know, in my case, you know, spend a lot of with them. And it's totally true because, you know, when you are the leader, you show up as a leader, but you also set boundaries with your clients as well. That's another thing that attaches to that whole scenario is the boundaries of people like expectations. I don't know how you're working with your clients, but we have you know, people that come in that are high end clients that they want to text us, they want to call us, they want to, you know, do these things where a team, even though they're team leader, we do not expect our team to give out their cell phone numbers to our clients and have them bothering them on a weekend or a Christmas at midnight or, you know, like we've had scenarios like that where we've had to, you know, step in and be like, hey, you know, this really needs to stay with an email or Slack or WhatsApp or like move them back and have them respect us for things because people are needy and we always cater to people's needs. But it's like when you have that set those boundaries, though, and you don't start responding right away in a text message or answering a call and some of them may be, you know, that's maybe how they work, right? They're like, oh, like, they just want to be in your inbox like every single day you train them to be like this is why you hire us trust us and the ability to lead and be that consistency so the whole point is for you not to micromanage right so like we work with clients it's like work with us so that you are not the micromanager that's holding you back in your business right and so when you are able to shift your audience or your types of clients that's very different when you're working with a billion dollar company versus maybe like an entrepreneur that might have a small team because they're still in the trenches where when we're working with, you know, agencies and corporations that have like 200 plus employees, like the team's just communicating with employees now. Right. And it's not necessarily people that are even passionate about the company. It's like a rinse and repeat. Like as long as we're providing the experience and the content on time and everything like that, like it's just kind of like a, you know, show results, people continuously continue to renew with us because we're showing this experience no matter what level they're at in their business. But it's very unique to see once you find your target market, right? So we work with a lot of million dollar and billion dollar companies at this point. So because they have their systems in place, they have their team, but it's very intriguing. They'll continue to enroll with us and they're going through in employees like underwear sometimes. <laughs> so, but it's cool because they trust us as an agency to show up and do the work where somebody else may get bored on the employee track. You know, like you have to incentivize your own team, especially the remote workers. What can you do there? So we provide like experiences, bonuses. We do like team meetings, you know, to see like what they like enjoy and stuff like that. Let's do a a contest for like 
Christmas, like holiday gift cards or like a bonus, you know, like additional stuff for Christmas time or, you know, see who can edit the most reels, <laughs> you know, like with less grammar errors than anybody else, you know, like you do stuff to incentivize people and stuff. And so we've been grateful that the majority of our team has actually worked with us three, four and going on five years. And that shows true stability in a team. They actually like your culture. They actually like well, I hope the team likes us. <laughs> Still working with us. But yeah, it's just one of those things is, yeah, put yourself first and always allow the team to help the clients first. Yeah. You know, like they step in, they're in work mode and stuff like that and be responsive to people though at the same time. I, I love that. And I just like, it reminded me of something where you're talking about setting up boundaries and getting your clients to the point where they just trust you to do the work. And one of my favorite stories so far is one of my clients, she's an entrepreneur with a small team and she got a cancer and had to go through a chemotherapy, which is not a great thing, obviously. She's at the end of that now, but at the beginning of it, she was like, I'm going to be gone for like six months. But she's like, I don't want any of my content to stop. She's like, I've let go almost everything, everyone else. But she's like, I want you guys to keep going. Here's a whole backlog of content. Just dropped it in our laps. And she was like, I don't want to disappear for six months, even though I have to disappear for six months. And then we haven't talked to her for six months because she's been going through chemotherapy. And I have a meeting with her later, finally, just to see how everything is going. But to just be trusted enough that they're like, yeah. just make it happen. Yeah, that's the <laughs> ideal scenario in these types of agencies. I think the majority of our clients trust us at this point. We don't even send things for a final review because they know that our team does multiple final reviews from different angles, you know, producers, copywriters, things like that, to make sure that we see what's going out on social before it's even scheduled to social. So yeah, it's being able to trust that. And then if something ever was to happen through that experience where they didn't feel like they trust you, then you go back and regain that trust so yeah. that they can be like, Hey, but the majority of our clients don't even like, they're like, looks good, you know, go for it. We don't even talk to them for a month and it's just cranking the same thing. It's a consistency factor, no matter what scenario or situation they're going on in their lives. We had a client that lost basically their father, I believe in one year. And then the mother ended up getting cancer at the same time. So she took a whole year off, but she had content to work with similar situation. She wasn't sick, but her parents were. So she took the time off to take care of them, but she luckily built her own team managed company where she could do that herself from her own company and then work with team to actually keep the content going the whole year. And so it, it's cool to be able to do that. Obviously, there's a lot of scenarios and situations that are different for everybody. And we just cater and be empathetic to people's needs as well. But also, you can be empathetic and set boundaries at the same time. Like I think that's where people and then we used to have the mentality to go above and beyond. And we decided in 2023, that we no longer are going to have that mentality because if someone doesn't, if they don't acknowledge that you've gone above and beyond, what's the point of actually doing it if people haven't even seen it or if people are asking for additional stuff that's not in your agreement or contract? So we were like, I was like, well, this is taking additional time. This is something that's not in an agreement. And people actually respect you more when you actually set your grounds and say, we actually don't focus on that, but here's an opportunity or an upsell to do this, or this is how we can help you. Here's who we can refer you to for this thing at this point, because it got to be a point where if you don't have a systemized or customized packages that they know exactly what they get all the time, and they'll keep asking for more. And yep. it's just kind of what happens. But when you set your grounds to that, we've seen it go a lot different. You don't have to go above and beyond. You just do really well and show results, right? 
we started off that way. It's like a mentality thing at this point. So all of our clients, we do one thing, we do it very well. That's it. It's like, this is all we do. And when people ask for more, we're like, that's great. And it's a cool thing to do. Here's Mm -hmm. the person I recommend to do those things. But we do this. This is the only Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's just because we've always provided a really great customer client experience, customer forward. And so like people will do these little things. And then, but then I told the team, I said, you don't need to do those things or feel obligated to do something that's not in agreement. And so I had a big talk with the team on that. So they finally like, let go. And when they're like these giving people, but also leaders are like, I was like, it's going to suck energy from you. I need you to be at the top of your game too. You know, you can't have your team get sucked energy, you know, at the same time. And so things happen, but yeah, it's just about showing up, doing that one great thing consistently, share results and just keep that process flowing for them. So yeah, exactly. You've got that down. Shift gears and talk a little bit about your superpowers, right? You know, every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's fancy flying suit made by their genius intellect or their ability to call down thunder from the sky. In the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill that you were born with or that you developed over the course of your career. And it's really what sets you apart. Right, and allows you to help your people slay their villains in their own journeys. And the way I like to frame it is if you look at all the skills that you've developed as you build your career, build your company, there's probably a common thread that sort of ties all those skills together. And that common thread is probably where your superpower is. What do you think your superpower is with your company? It's connecting the dots. So I think rather quickly, it was kind of funny. So last year, my team asked me to take an IQ test. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to take an IQ test. They're like, you think so quickly and you solve problems very fast. I helped a a company before I started my own company, uh, Troubleshoot. So they used to call me Troubleshooter Tamara back before I started my own company because I would come into companies and I would help reevaluate things really fast, like see something that's missing, connect the dots. It didn't matter if it was on production, post-production, marketing, numbers, you name it. Like I can think very fast. And so it was interesting to see like how I was able to connect dots really fast with this company and my previous companies and other companies that I've invested in. And so long story short though, it was fun to say like, I had this one company experience where I saved them over $20 million because wow. I found a solution in the back end of software that was not, it was corrupted. Things were just missing. They were missing all this stuff. And I found a solution. I literally went in, I spent 12 hours a day for like seven days straight to figure out these things that were missing, corrupted. And I went and did tests. And then all of a sudden I was like, boom. And yeah, after I did that for this one company, I was like, wow, they're like, we're just going to call you troubleshooter Tamara. And I was like, it was a lot more than that. I just saved quite a bit of money for your company. Like I didn't say that out loud, but in my head, I was like, wow, you know? And so, but that's the way I connect the dots for our clients. I connect the dots behind the scenes. I make introductions. I share tips on strategy, like how they can actually generate more money now for their companies. So I love that piece where I've helped people go from six figures to multiple six figures to seven figures annually, even helping clients go to eight figures and beyond with different things that they're missing on the connecting the dots in their business. So that's one of the things that I love to do now, more on the consulting side of it, because even during COVID, I invested in 22 women-owned companies during COVID to help them connect the dots on how they could turn theirs online and do other things. So I wanted to share that result 
So I was putting my money into them and investing in them, but also giving them abilities and strategies to connect some dots so that they could actually further through COVID when a lot of people were actually scared of it because a lot of people had to shift online. And some of the people we were working with were brick and mortars. And so it was a big thing for me and during that time too, is like, I'm going to help, you know, it's not when I help these people, I want them to share what I've been able to help them with, you know, and so they've come back and shared some things over the years and they've been able to triple their business since COVID on a lot of them. So as long as they took the action, if people don't take an action, you know, and a strategy, then it's not going to work. You know, you can't just expect someone to hold, hold you right there. But that's like my superhero. It's like connecting the dots on whatever that might be. If it's technical, if it's strategy, if it's money, if it's numbers, I think very fast. And people ask me a question typically, and I can send you an answer like almost instantaneously. It's everybody on my team's like, how do you do that? And so then they had me take an IQ test and I was like, that's crazy. So yeah, I, I was like, they were like, wow, you're like, a genius up there with other people. That's just a number on a test, but it was cool to see because I, I didn't want to like, you know, say that. But at the same time, I was like, is that why? Like, I think so fast. Like, I was like, is it because of this part of my brain? But yeah, it's just being able to help people connect the dots too. Like not myself connect the dots, but help other people so it can save their business, save them time and money and energy. So that would be what I would say kind of my super power is, I guess. Behind the scenes. My wife's an educator and that's what she got her degree in. And she actually helped me understand some of those things. So in the high IQ categories, right, when you get over the 130s, right, and 130s, 140s, which is, you know, where I fall as well, it splits into two different categories. You have the bright category and the gifted category. And the larger segment of that category is the bright category. It's like the 80% and the 20% is the gifted category. And I never understood the difference. And it sounds to me, just based on your description, that you'd probably be in the bright category. The bright category are the people that you can give people information and they can immediately get answers, like just immediately. And it's freaky sometimes how fast answers happen for them. And I fall on the other side, which is the gifted category. It's the smaller section of the high IQ people. Mm -hmm. And it's not an answers that happen really quickly. It's when you ask someone like me a question, I generally ask more questions, like, why are you interested in that? And you end up... You're doing the research. You know, you're obtaining more information to become... Yeah, it leads to, uh, like, my superpower ends up being in the, like, systems development, being able to build really good processes that allow us to scale and allow us to get things done and allow us to do things at price points and at speeds that other people can't. And so it's the same kind of thing, though, where you have, like, you're like, okay, I've got this, like, zone of genius here. How can I like apply that to my business and apply that to like what my role is in my business? And anyways, it's really cool to hear, to hear that. Yeah. I don't like to talk about myself, but people are always like, you don't give yourself enough credit to share like how intelligent your brain really thinks when it's there to help people, you know? And so that's what, one thing I wanted to get across is like, like I didn't ever, ever wanted to take like an IQ test, you know, and be like, oh, you're in the one eighties. I'm like, this is incredibly interesting to me, but I think very fast, but it's kind of helped me educate because I started doing more research on different things and yeah. the brain and, you know, other things like that. So it's yeah. interesting to see. You up in, the, uh, in, in the same category as Einstein and other things. So you're just straight up a legit genius, which is cool. <laughs> I was like, I need to take more of these. But yeah, it was just weird that they're comparing on those things to that. But when I was growing up, you know, I always thought I was like different than other people though, because I actually, when I was younger... I was, I'm a creative as well, but I went more into the business side of it. And so my brain thinks very differently. And, but yeah, even when I was younger, I was actually held, held back in school one year in first grade because they said that I was a slow reader. 
but it was because I was like processing. Like I don't enjoy reading. I still don't enjoy reading. Like people are like, oh, you have to read to become smarter. And I was like, it's not true. Like I can read articles. I can read, I can listen to podcasts. I can have conversations with people. I can learn through masterminds. I can do whatever that looks like. And yeah, it was just interesting to say like, you must read books to become you know smarter. I was like, I don't believe that at whatsoever because I don't actually take the time to read and I haven't read a full book probably since fifth grade. And so it was interesting. So these educators when I was younger were pulling my weak spots of something that didn't interest me. And I was slow at it because I was like, well, I'd have to read something like twice. So it's interesting, but it came into my life to be very different way that I think now and the way that I use resources and stuff like that. So yeah, it's very interesting to see. I want to talk about the flip side then, right? So if your superpower is the ability to connect the dots and the and the super fast thinking, the flip side of that, of course, is the fatal flaw. Just like every Superman has his kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. You probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, something you struggled with. For me, it was perfectionism, right? My desire for building really cool systems and all the other things that go along with that means that like, I really like things to be perfect. And then you know, you can't achieve perfection. So then you never ship. That was one of mine as well. Perfectionism. And I was literally, so my name, like, and I don't know, it kind of came in, like my mom bought me this like little thing, what my name meant in different like things. So like in Hebrew, it was like palm tree. I was like, Tamara is on a palm tree. And then like in another like scenario, my name meant perfection. And it was weird. So in, in my lifetime, when I was little, I was like, I was a perfectionist. And I am definitely not that anymore whatsoever. It's about efficiency on this side. And yeah, I used to micromanage and I just started letting go like a lot, probably like three or four years ago. And those were my like huge flaws. I think if there was anything on like a, something that held me back now, I guess, no, I'm pretty darn patient too at this point in my life. I've changed a lot of what I, all the things that were holding me back, I just don't let them do that anymore because I know that I have much bigger dreams and ambitions and goals and things. So now I'm focusing on where do we distribute, you know, where do I put this, you know, cash flow into real estate, you know, and stuff like that. You know, it's who do I invest in and a mentor, you know, like it's making different types of investments too. Like I have an opportunity to spend $12,000 to go golf with this real estate guy that's a wealthy investor, but he sells the experience. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend $12,000 to go hang out with this guy to play golf for a day because I actually golf and I love golfing. So I'm going to do that because his network is now going to open up and be relationship based on that. And we both love to golf. We both love Panda Express. We both love all these things. I was like, cool. We got this like very connected like thing but you know it's like those things that did hold me back I don't believe that there's too many now it's just about the decision making on that like how I used to I'm very quick at making decisions but now I think a little bit I'm not sure it like holds me back but I'm a little bit different where I like invest my dollars now be to be more strategically where I used to be like I'm gonna invest in this mastermind this mastermind this mastermind now I'm like no let's not let's Let's build relationships so I can speak at this mastermind. It's better for positioning, you know, or build relationships in your current mastermind where you could actually speak to the mastermind retreats and events and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, I think if anything's holding me back, it's just my slower process, like on what the decision is. Like when I have that sense of knowing, I'm like, I know I need to do this. I follow that gut intuition. But sometimes if it's like wishy-washy, then you're like, this isn't a, like a gut. I'm like, do I 
do this? Like, that's the only thing holding me back right now. <laughs> I'm like, does this feel right? I was like, yes, I think so. I could invest in this and then hopefully it, it turns into something with a relationship. You never know, you know, yeah. but usually everything comes that. back tenfold normally. It might, it might take time though on the investment. So forward to having those problems. My goal has always been, I want to get our revenue to the point where I can start taking the excess revenue and putting it into real estate. And it sounds like you're already there. We've started been what, doing some what, research what, int- what interests you on that side? Is it like what type of real estate? Land investing and self-storage are the two that really- yeah, Yes, I recommend going into self-storage. Yes, that's one avenue that we do. Self-storage is a great way to do it. You just have to have either some investors and funds that can help leverage that and you be the communicator that- either helps with that process. If you don't have a ton to put in yourself, then you leverage out to other investors to help that piece. Right. And so, but that's a great spot because it's, you don't have any tenants. Like you have the tenants, but you're not dealing with tenants, nor do they have bathrooms, nor do they have anything on that side. You have these boxes that have things in it and you have someone that's managing that space. Right. So that's one area when you have the right people around you. So when you are at that point, come back and speak to me on that because it is a great space to invest in. Another thing that's great that we do is also because we live in Arizona, there's a lot of snowbirds that come here, right? So being able to invest in the 55 and older communities, that is something that we started swiping up because you could swipe up these modular homes and stuff like that where people come in, you have to follow by all their rules but you can own the property, rent it out for more, buy it for a lot less, and then make profit on that because you could swipe them up for 100K, 200K in these areas. And people are wanting to come here because these people that are retired don't necessarily have the money to buy a place, but they want to rent. So they'll come down and rent for six months out of the year. So if you double the actual mortgage rate for the rent for six months, then you've covered it for the whole year for that 12 months on that mortgage for that 55 and older community home. So really think about like, what is it that you have? Like, what is it that you can purchase when you start going into real estate? If your current mortgage is not paid for, it sounds like you're going to go on a yacht and stuff like that. So if you don't have a mortgage over your head, you could invest in property for your basically rental. But then on that, they might look for, if you do your second home, second home as a rental, do understand that they're looking for at least 25% down on that loan. There's different things to think about like really fast, like, oh, well, I don't want to put $25,000 on this. I might as well buy a mansion and rent it out and make a bigger profit and rent it out to all my entrepreneurs that have masterminds. So now we're talking with our friends to do that in Arizona because they have three different properties in Vegas that they rent out for masterminds. And so now we're going to go in and partner to build this fund for the ones in Arizona too. So it's it's really like, what is your goal? Like, what do you really want to invest in? How much mm-hmm. do you want to put the work in? Or do you want somebody else to manage it? And things like that. So when you're at that point, like feel free to reach yeah. out. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff yeah. in there. <laughs> We're going to have to chat some more because I know the both of us have some time limits today. So I'm going to ask you one more question here on this interview. And we're going to have to chat more because I think, I think we got a lot of cool things that are in common. And now a quick word from our show's sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. 
I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. But I want to talk about your guiding principles, right? One of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code, right? For instance, Batman never kills his enemies. He always brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I want to talk about the top one or two principles that you live your life by. Maybe something you wish you'd known when you first started out on your own hero's journey. That's a great question. Well, excuse me. I don't believe it's just one thing, but I've always lived by the four agreements. So that book changed my life. So I won't go into my deep story, but this year I'm celebrating 13 years sober. So when I sobered up, I changed my life and I won't go into that crazy story. I'm very resilient because of the experiences I went through. But what happens when I sobered up on the third round, the last time that I actually sobered up, this treatment counselor recommended this book. And so like I live by these four agreements, not just one. So it Always do your best, be impeccable to your word, don't take things personally, and then the last is don't make assumptions. So when you wake up every morning and you think about this, or if there's any scenario that's going on in your life, like I always think, am I taking that personally? Or did I just make an assumption about somebody? Like that person's obviously having a bad day, like they're just taking it out on somebody, you know, like we yeah. always think before you react. And then when I apply those four things to any scenario, day or whatnot, Like I always just live by those things. They may sound very simple, but the majority of people in life don't follow all four of those simple things each day. We have mindset blocks. We have different things in our life. And so that really changed my life to like think like that because I think the two that I wasn't doing was, you know, I was taking things personally sometimes. I was definitely making assumptions. So now I literally step back in my head and any scenario, if it's an email I open, if it's a call I check or somebody says something, I literally step back and think, am I taking that personally? Like somebody, I'm like, I literally, the way you respond to people, it's very entertaining as well, because you could literally write back to someone to say, are you okay? Like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Like, you know, if something's going on in a harsh email or anything, you'd be surprised on how people respond to something if you acknowledge that you understand something's going on or how can I help you? You know, so like those four agreements are basically what I live by at this point. So it's not just one thing, but it would be that one book. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly the one that sticks out to me is don't make assumptions because that is like, it's so potent when you realize that so often 
we make assumptions because we're thinking through like our own head of like how we're looking at the situation and we're assuming how the other person is. And it's like, I have a friend of mine who always says he gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. And it's like, even when someone like cuts him off on the freeway and is like, you know, runs his family off the road kind of thing, he's like, they're probably on their way to the hospital to give birth to a baby and they need to get there like right now kind of thing. And I'm like, I always love that sort of mentality of like, if we're assuming that they're just, you know, the other person is a jackass or something like then or they had a bad day yeah. or so, or somebody's dying or anything. You can always think that it's a possibility that that person's going through something way deeper than I am in my life. Like I won't go into everything that I've been through, but a lot of people will come to me like, you're like did a 180 from like your 20s <laughs> and then they're like you're so different and you know I'm like I learned from from these things and thinking through things like that because things can escalate and when you're more positive and bringing that and putting that into the energy and not focusing on making an assumption or getting angry or anything like that then you have that ability to step back and attract more of the positivity and then that brings in the law of attraction. So then you're attracting more of this versus people that are constantly in their text messages and emails and they're bringing in this energy. You know, when you unlock that and let it go, you start attracting more of that positive energy and you let go of what's not serving you. And so when I did that, I was like, huh, yeah, of course there's still bad days. There's still market crashes. There's still things lost in stock or crypto or whatever. I'm like, oh, you know, these things happen, but you have to understand that everybody is going through something and it's not always about us, even though we tend to think about us first, you know, in certain ways. Yes, it's going to put yourself first, but understand there's other people out there. So when you can understand that, then you won't take it personally. You won't make an assumption and then you can either dive deep or just let it go. And I always tell people like even my partner, I say, just let it go. I like stop dwelling on this. You have no control over this situation because it's eating at you. So don't do that. Like literally let it go. And like I used to, that was my flaw. That was my flaw. I couldn't let go of things. And at this point, I literally am just like, just let it go. And it's the weirdest thing, but I can just, for the most part, drop things at the drop of a hat at this point. There's a few scenarios in my life where I'm like, that really hurt my feelings. So I had to acknowledge that. But for if something's not serving me, just let it go. And yeah. so that was my biggest flaw. But at this point, it's, we all have feelings though. So yeah. yeah, we all have our feelings and we have to appreciate them and understand them. I talk about it in terms of like the truth train, right? You know, your feelings are always there, but they're always the caboose on the train, right? You have to run the train from the engine, which is the truth. And anyways, I like that. Well, I know I said I, earlier, I've got a couple other questions that I generally ask, but I know we both have a time limit today. So I'm going to wrap the interview there, but I do always finish every interview with a simple challenge. I call it hero's challenge, which I do to help get access to stories I might not otherwise find on our own. So the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool story? And why do you think they should come share their story with us here on the hero show? First name, first person that comes to mind for you. For to come on your show and share their story? Yeah. I would say actually somebody that I spoke with this morning is a good friend, mentor, and client of mine. I would say Allison Maslin. She has built 10 successful companies. Her current company working right now is one that's a client of ours as well. But she has that resilient story. She was even run over by a car. She like has these crazy things and she's been able to build multiple eight figures and up in business. She, yeah, she's incredible. 
she, yeah, I would say she would be a great person to come on. And if you would like an introduction, I'm happy to introduce you to her too. I will reach out later and we see if we can get an introduction for having her come on and share the show. They don't always say yes, but when they do, we get uh, cool shows because not everyone's doing the podcast rounds like you and I might do. But, you know, in comic books, there's always the crowd of people at the end who are cheering and clapping for the acts of heroism. So our analogous that as we close is where can people find you if they want your help? Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Tamara, I'd love to get your help with our micro content. And then more importantly, who are the right types of clients to reach out and actually ask for your help? Yeah, that's a great question. So people that are looking to see what our actual agency does, they can simply go to broadcastyourauthority.com. There's ways to connect with our team as well. And uh, for me, if people want to try to reach me, the best place is Instagram. So it's Tamara Thompson official. Apparently Tamara Thompson was taken. So I had to be officially Tamara Thompson on that. So Tamara Thompson official on Instagram is where I like to hang out. Like for me, I operate my account. My team operates the majority of my other stuff. So if people reach out on LinkedIn, it's probably not me and it's my assistant. But yeah, if you want to try to reach me, Instagram's great. I have a podcast called Video Marketing for Business Podcast. And then, yeah, I love YouTube and all that fun stuff. But yeah, if people that work with us, you know, it's generally people that have a team in place. They are generating, you know, at least seven figures in business. They have a sustainable company at this point. And they love the experience of high end and content marketing flow. It's basically a one-stop shop hub that's doing everything for you even while you sleep. But yeah, we work with many different industries and those that have very specific niches and have very specific call to actions, those people in companies tend to do the best with us. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I love getting to hear some of your story today and it's only made me want to hear more of it. So we might have to chat more at some point, Tamara. Um, I have lots of stories. Trust me on that. <laughs> It sounds like there's so much more that we could just talk forever. But thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us today, Tamara. I really appreciate that. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience for this uh, stop record button? Yeah, well, I appreciate you, Richard, just for having me on this show. I'm truly grateful for the opportunity to share a little bit about my story. You know, I think the one thing that I always say to people is just don't hold yourself back, like get out of your own way. And, you know, a lot of people say that, but a lot of people just have to actually take the action to take the steps to do it. So when you start delegating and taking action and focusing on what you're the best at, like you are able to scale your business and have a better life for yourself and your family and, and choose that path. And really like, if you're not happy with what you're doing, definitely change or shift yeah. because if you don't, or if you're not happy in your own company, then there's something wrong. Like you want to build something based on something you enjoy or that you can get out of the parts that you don't like. So yeah, just definitely take action, but definitely be happy with where you're at as well. I, I love that so much. And I've been feeling that a lot this last couple of weeks because there were some major shifts in my life that allowed me to focus exclusively just on this company and realizing the things that I really love doing and being like, I want to set everything up so that I'm only doing the things that I really love doing. So I'm excited about that. And I think it's a fantastic piece of advice for people to just get out of your own way. And, you know, to that end, trust yourself, right? Trust yourself to be exactly. able to just do the things and show up and you can grow your business and grow all that. So again, Tamara, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you as well. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Hero Show, where we work to shift the cultural narrative around entrepreneurship and celebrate the heropreneurs who make our world a better place. Don't forget to visit our website at theheroshow.tv, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in our show, we'd truly appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or better yet, share it with a friend to help us spread the message of entrepreneurship as a force for good. 
Curious to learn more about the stories and insights of these incredible heropreneurs? Check out our in-depth interviews and resources on our website. Together, let's support and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs as they embark on their own heroic journeys. Join us again next week for another episode of The Hero Show, where we'll continue to explore the world of heropreneurs, their superpowers, and the positive impact they bring to our lives. Until then, stay heroic.